All right, everybody, welcome back to episode two of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. Jake, what you drinking this week? Oh, which one should I start with? I got three different ones. You pick left, right, or center? Left. Left? Pick the left one. All righty. So we are drinking, let's see if the zoom, yeah, there we go, there's the focus, Hubbard's Cave. So it's a, it's cinnamon ice mocha. So it's an imperial stout with cinnamon, chocolate, coffee, lactose, and vanilla beans. And it is ringing in at 6% alcohol. How about yourself, Kyle? All right. First up for me is going to be Steak 48, Desert Vibes Mexican Lager. Interesting. Let's see what they've got for percentage. I'm 5%. Nothing too crazy. Nothing, nothing wild. I decided I'm going to be fancy this week and pour mine into a glass. Ooh. I should have, you should have told me that. I would have gone and grabbed a pint glass. I had to uh, have a one-up on you in the intro. Damn, that's crazy. Well, uh, I think my beers are going to be better this week. Oh, that might be true. We'll see. But uh, some other stuff to cover in the intro. So uh, as a, an update from last time, we finally got our social medias figured out. Uh, we got our, a nice little logo created uh, by me who doesn't do any sort of graphic design or editing. So you've got a pretty... <laughs> Pretty poorly designed logo. We're on Twitter at uh, the number two AVG husbands and the same tag on Instagram. And now we are also thankfully on Spotify because we got all that figured out after we decided to create a podcast. We decided to wait until after that uh, recording of the first one to figure out what you actually need to do to put your podcast out there. Yeah. So uh, this podcast idea came to fruition like two months ago and we just did all the work for it in the last four days or last seven days, I guess, after our uh, our original podcast went live but let me crack my beer now that you're already like halfway through with yours how's yours how's yours ringing in uh i'm gonna give this a couple sips before i rate this because it's good but uh i need a couple couple more feelers makes sense here's the here's the first sip one sip everybody knows the rules i feel like that's probably a trademark now you probably shouldn't say that nah i haven't seen a t-shirt with it on it yet It's like there's the episode that he did with Julian Edelman. He's like one nibble. Everybody knows the laws. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to take a few sips to uh, to come to a decision on this. It's not quite what I expected, but I might like it more than what I expected it to be. It's hard, yeah. too, because I'm, ha- I'm having now to put these on the same scale as my stouts, which I am, you know, I'm more preferential to stouts. So I, for me to throw a Mexican lager on the same scale is a little bit weird. I think beer all goes on one scale. So I think it doesn't I don't matter. I disagree that we need to rank them that way. I'm just saying it's hard for me. I think also I was thinking about this. We should do an episode where we just do the light beer gauntlet. We like we just chug our way through like the six or eight most popular light beers. They're only they're well, still we really do. We should use that as our like uh, when we go live for the drinking game. Just line up all yeah. the light beers, and well, you know, just light beers in general. And we'll go through them all on a night like that. Hell yeah. Also, way we're like dedicated to it. Yes, definitely. But speaking of live streaming, I don't know if anybody can tell. I can tell right away the the camera and audio quality is much better from both of us. We're using the exact same exact same webcam and microphone. I'm a little fancier than Kyle. I'll, I'll pull it into I'll pull it into shot here. I bought a boom mic or a boom arm and a shock mount with mine, but. Kyle did not, sadly, but I'm gonna. Not. I've got the regular. Desktop. I'm gonna talk him into it one of these days because having a mic on an arm is life changing. Simply just playing video games and people not having to hear my click clack constantly because my mic is sitting next to my keyboard. 
like I probably last episode it was it was on a regular stand sitting next to my keyboard and you could hear me typing occasionally. I wonder if we're even gonna get that in this episode. We'll have to figure out when we edit it and post. But yep. Speaking of editing and posting, that brings me to the next item on the admin. Uh, we know that popping up our podcast. Thanks by the way for the, those that have actually listened in and supported us and followed us on the pages already. That's that's awesome. We appreciate it. Uh, and then we, or I took a couple hours. I'm not a video editor, um, but I tried to edit uh, our last episode down into two major sections. That way you kind of get uh, the first real episode, like content wise that we're going for as a part two. And then part one is the story of how we met. So you got both of those available now, I believe on Spotify. If not, they will be tonight. We'll have uh, the audio up there on Spotify. Yep, the files are in the process of downloading now for whatever reason they decided to take forever out of Google Drive. Um, but yeah, those will both be up on RSS. They'll be up on Spotify. Um, and I'll upload the individual files as well to YouTube um, as separate videos. Um, just, just either just the audio files with our logo or I'll upload the video with it as well. Um, like Kyle said, he's not exactly a video video editor. So there's some jump cuts in there, just killing, you know, cutting out some dead time in the talks. But otherwise, you know, it's great to be live. It's great to have, you know, some accounts to post some content on. Anybody who hears this in the future, make sure you like the video, subscribe, comment on the channels too. It really helps us out a lot. Um, really helps us, you know, helps with the YouTube algorithm, starts to get our name out there a little bit more, you know, share us around to your friends. Uh, we just talk about a bunch of dumb shit and we act like normal adults as opposed to like characters on a podcast. So, you know, I like to think we're pretty down to earth, but you can judge me if, uh, if that comes off as douchey. So that's fine. But anyways, so Kyle, um, there's not as much intro to this week's podcast as there was to last week's podcast. So why don't we just get right to it and you come to the table with your first topic? Well, first of all, I'm going to make you start because I started last week. But second of all, uh, I did want to just clarify for everybody that's listening uh, because you kind of got the taste of the content last week. But I don't think we talked about the fact that we're not actually going to talk about these topics to each other beforehand yes so yes jake and i are both going to come with topics that neither of us have mentioned to each other whatsoever uh that way it's like a lot more improvised conversation and uh with that being said though if i'm ever going to talk about something that's more serious uh rather than kind of the light stuff that i've got planned for at least the first couple weeks i'll do some actual research and bring some yes the same uh, everything else is just going to be improved and also important to note that not every week's episodes. So some episodes we may come like last week where we're going to have, we're going to just do story time episodes where we're just, we're not going to bring topics to the table. We're going to, we're going to come with the set topic. We're going to discuss that all the way through and that'll be the episode. But we'll also have ones that are more like this one where the, these topics we bring up too, they can just be points of conversation. They can be debates like they were last week. Last week we essentially debated. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that your wife took my side, by the way, in McDonald's being a super underrated restaurant. Um, but so sometimes there'll be a debate element to it. Sometimes it's just stuff we see in the news and we want to talk about, you know, Kyle and I have very, very similar interests, except for maybe the fact that I like baseball a lot more than he does. Um, but like, we not totally true. I it's do totally enjoy true. baseball, but I'm a, I'm a, I go see baseball in person kind of a person and that's how I enjoy it. And not a, I need to study statistics on baseball and watch games at home kind of a person. Well, and that's where I land. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, that is true. So, okay. So you're going to make me start first. Ah, oh, damn. I was hoping to go. So I hadn't picked a specific topic. I've got my list here and I was hoping to pull a topic off of like based off of what you did, but since I'll go first, okay, I'll do this one. Cause this one I feel like will lead to a good conversation. So I want you to rank alcohol. So from type of alcohol, best to worst, 
I'm going to give you the list, the categories that we're working okay. with so that you, down, so that you can rank this properly. And we can also, you know, we'll post these out on Twitter once we do our rankings. So we're going to have beer, beer as a whole, no division there, just beer. You okay. can, you can use the divisions in beer to push it over other alcohol types. Okay. I'll let you figure out what you, what I mean by that when I talk. Um, I so, so beer, wine, we'll do seltzers, whiskey, rum, tequila, vodka. Am I missing any major ones? I don't gin. think so. Gin, I don't drink gin. I actually, that's that's something I'll talk about too. I've been thinking about drinking gin more, but gin, and then we'll do liqueurs. So that'll be the last yeah, one. Say, you've got, that's kind of a broad category. There's some other stuff in there, um, but not like that you're usually drinking straight. There's like uh, additives that you'd usually use in mixed drinks and stuff like that. So this is probably mm -hmm. a pretty good, uh, you know, comprehensive list of the main things that people are drinking. That's what we love to hear. Ooh, this is tough actually i know that's that's why i thought it'd be a good one i was like it'll lead to some conversation too you know what we might have to divide out um because since you're taking seltzers away from the equation right we might have to take sours away too because sours aren't beer to me they're just called sour but, beer but they but... are they're just beer made with mostly i don't quote me on this either i'm not a brewer but <laughs> typically like sour beers are just beers that are brewed with with fruits and then lactose to make them like have that sour tinge to them. All right, fine. I'll keep them in that category for you. <laughs> You'll have to just start reading yours when you've got it ready. I also just here. completely forgot how to spell liqueur. So that was fun. <laughs> Is that what you were just silent about? For yeah, I was literally just staring off into space. Oh, and then I just, oh my God, I'm, I'm hammered already. I've had three sips of beer. <laughs> I'm also going to need everybody to ignore the clutter in my background. There's some construction and rearranging going on in my apartment. So if you see the weights over my, my right shoulder, you'll see it on the left side of the screen. Ignore that. Ignore the tool bag and the, the flag and everything that are over there. Just pretend those aren't there. We're going to have just like a, study session here where we're completely quiet staring at pieces of paper as we were hey man using. that that's the perks of editing we can cut this all out so what do you have as your number one all right my number one by all means my go-to and what i'm going to drink uh most of the time especially if like i'm out is going to be whiskey okay yeah we're on the same page there so uh so kind of like you said uh you know it's, it's kind of your go-to um your go-to drink when it comes to like going out for me, it's not always my go-to drink when I'm going out, but when I'm drinking at home, I like to really appreciate whiskey. So I have like, you know, tasting glasses, the Glen Cairns that are meant specifically for like nosing and tasting whiskey. And I, I, my big thing with whiskey is whiskey is such a broad category and there's so many different types of whiskey. Like when it comes to other categories, they do have different types. So like with tequila, you have like Añejo, you have gold and silver, um, you know, Platino, I guess, is there, you know, uh, Patron has their Platino. Like there's a couple different types, but they're all pretty similar. Um, you, you have like with, with rum, you have, you know, white rums, you have dark rums, you have spiced rums that are basically just candy. Um, like you just have a bunch of different types, but with whiskey, you have a bunch of different types and they all have their own unique, 
they're all completely different alcohols. Like there's just in Scotland alone, there's five different regions and they all taste different. And then you have American whiskey and then you have bourbon, which is a whole nother category. And then Tennessee whiskey and Texas whiskey, like everybody can like does their own spin on whiskey, which is what I think elevates it for me. It's just, you can, if you can want a super smoky scotch for like a super special occasion, or you can go and throw down shots of Jim Beam at a bar and you have a different experience each time and each way that you, you go, like you're, you're still getting whiskey and you're still enjoying it. The same core flavors are there, but you're getting different things out of the whiskey every time that you drink it. I've even had the same whiskey multiple times and had completely different experiences, which is something I really don't get with other alcohols. Well, the, I was just going to say the funny thing about what you're saying actually is that it, it really is true for multiple other things. I would say like your wines, that's definitely mm -hmm. true. Uh, beer, that's definitely true. Uh, tequila, like you said, not so much. Uh, it's kind of all the same, just different kind of like uh, hints of flavor, different things that make you might, that might have you pref prefer one over the other, but uh, liqueurs definitely. Dude, there's such a broad range. Like I said, that's a huge category on its own, liqueurs. Uh, and then gin's kind of like tequila, where it's not that different. Rum really so, kind of like whites and darks. I found out. I found out with gin that there are actually a lot of different gins, which is why, like I said earlier, I'm thinking about giving it a shot again because the only gin I've ever really had was like Bombay Sapphire, which just tastes like pine yeah, salt. But I found out that there's other right. gins that are out there that don't have that same like cleaner taste to them. Yep. where like you yep. can get more like you can get more dry ones that don't have that same like pine needliness to it and there's just you know there's a lot of really creative things that you can do with gins that i don't i didn't realize were a thing i think you and i have had this conversation before but i in the same way i have had gins a handful of times and every time it was pretty much cheap craft gin and i've had several people tell me like dude you just have to have a good gin yeah like it and that might be true, but I'm kind of just stuck in my ways. I'm kind of a creature of habit, which is why I say whiskey too. And it's like you said, the, the broad categories there is kind of what makes some of these things hard to rank. But for me, like I'm an Irish whiskey person. I love Irish whiskey. And that's my go-to is Jameson. And I know that's not creative and that's just kind of common hey, stuff. But it's I'll, So I'll, I'll buy a bottle of some nice Irish whiskey when I'm down there. It's like probably the best Irish whiskey I've ever had. Um, but Jameson is like, even in like whiskey people, like people who are kind of snobby about whiskey go back to Jameson because it hits all of like the key components of, a, of an Irish whiskey while being 40% alcohol and $22 a bottle. Yeah. By the way, I've had enough of this now to give you a ranking and just to go back to that. I think I'm just going to go with a six one here. It's kind of, to me, it's not that it's bad. It's just kind of like a light. Mm. It's, there's not much there. It's not even as, like differentiating to me is like a Corona or something like that. It's basically just a light beer with like a hint of that kind of Mexican beer flavor that you get. Yeah. So I, I was about to say the ranking for mine too. I'm going to give it a six, seven um, with all of the flavors that I saw in it. I thought it was going to be more, but it's very much just like a, it literally, it tastes like in like a, if you've ever had like a cold brew, that's a little watered down like the ice melted a little bit because you've had it. Yeah. It tastes kind yeah. of like that. You still get the flavors of the stuff that's okay. in there. But again, it's just kind of a little lacking. I, I was expecting a little bit more out of it. It's still good. Well, hence why. I just so everybody knows that we're that we're talking to you now, we're creating a list of this too so people can access it later. Uh, so we're going to have a, I have a running list now that I'm keeping in a, in a folder that 
we'll have all of our rankings over time so that you can we can refer back to it and we can post that too periodically so that people can see uh, what we've been rating beers and kind of give us their opinions as well. Yeah, it'll be fun. But um, you said, so that's another thing I want is, is your go-to drink in or drink or type of liquor in that category. So for me with whiskey, for um, as I have like a bunch of whiskeys back there, my personal favorite, at least right now, is probably that one right there, Buffalo Trace. Really good classic bourbon, um, has really good, uh, you know, really good cherry notes, really good vanilla notes and then You get a lot of the, you know, traditional um, bourbon taste, but it's a little bit more to me. Like that tastes a lot better than, you know, your basic Evan Williams, your Jack Daniels, which bourbon, Tennessee whiskey, same thing. I could do a whole episode on the different types of whiskeys that are out there. Um, your Jim Beans, like I think the Buffalo Trace is just a lot more flavorful for only a few bucks more. So that's personally where, I, you know, where my kind of go-to is right now. I'll probably give you my go-tos for like my top maybe three. Or yeah, four once I get to the... I'm not going to go into it deeper because first of all, we have a ton of content to get to and we are not... Oh yeah, 100%. To to listen to. And second of all, just because like you said, I don't I don't really go to these things to drink. So there's no real point for me to kind of give you my top Yeah, top. let's do go-tos uh, for the top three. Yeah, we'll do that. So go ahead and give me your second. So number two for me is vodka. And here here's okay. why. Here's why. Vodka exists to make whatever you're drinking alcoholic. So vodka can be pretty much anything. And that's why it's so high to me. I, until I started drinking whiskey, I pretty much exclusively just drank vodka and vodka drinks. Like, but even so, like I would drink straight vodka. Like I do like Tito's on the rocks or Tito's and soda. Like there's still some flavors there. Um, a guy I went to high school with actually just released a, a, um, a vodka. His family opened up a distillery. Um, I'd have, I'll have to look up the name here, but he made like a sweet potato vodka that I'm really anxious to try because it's supposedly, you know, sweeter and smoother than, you know, most regular potato based vodkas. Um, but it's really good. Um, you can, like I said, you can make anything you want alcoholic with vodka. You can put vodka in coffee if you, if you really wanted to. Um, you, there's just so much that you can do with it that it, that's, that elevates it a ton for me. And then my go-to in the category for that is definitely Tito's. Tito's is by far my favorite vodka. It's not, there's nothing that even comes close. Yeah. I have to look here because I'm trying to think now for, for my number two. I'm trying to think of the name of my – it's not like my go-to, but it's definitely like the favorite one that I've had in quite a while. Um, but I – because I can't think of the name, I'll, I'll just have to owe that back to the to the audience there. But my – so the – I'll, I'll – kind of tack on to you really quick and that's vodka i've moved three places on my list since we started this conversation i find it the the hardest to rank because of the fact of what you said it's kind of universal and it's like an easy go-to and it's definitely where i started drinking as well and i it's funny because i say whiskey's my go-to but it's that's not totally true it's the thing that i probably enjoy the most yeah things that i would go to to drink but my go-to's are really vodka and beer because cheap variety exactly exactly and so, um, anyway, I, I had a, I had a tough time with it. It's not my number. It's not even in my top five where it currently sits. But I, my number one vodka is actually right now the Costco vodka. Yeah, Kirkland vodka is really good. It's it's yeah. supposedly just rebottled Grey Goose, which is funny because I definitely like the Kirkland vodka better than Grey Goose. So I, that's what makes me think right. it's not the same. Yep. I don't like Grey Goose at all. It's my mom's go-to vodka, and I'm not. I literally make fun of her every time I go over to their house. I'm like, ha, you drink yeah. that trash, ha ha. I think they've tricked people with the bottle, but really it's not that high quality. It's just like a neat bottle eh? with a cork and people are like, ooh. But it's it's good, but it's good. It's, it's delicious. 
my number two right now is tequila. That's fair. Tequila doesn't love me. But you love it. And I think that's definitive. Like, you know how people get, like, whiskey angry uh, or whatever? Like, tequila's kind of mine. Like, I just go fucking stupid when I have tequila. See, I don't ever... Uh, but I love it. I love the taste of tequila. I love margaritas. I love everything. I don't think I've ever been drunk off of solely tequila. So I don't know... Oh, like, buddy, I So know. I don't know what that looks like. I've never just gotten, like, drunk off of a bunch of tequila shots or margaritas. Like, I'm always drinking something else and then somebody inevitably, or like, gets a tequila shot. As well... Yeah. Dude, you've never been to, like, a Mexican restaurant and just gone ham on some fucking, te- like, margaritas? I'll have, like, two or three. I don't like to drink when I eat. So if I'm eating, okay. I, I, I'll have, like, one. I, I've never gone. There's, There's a-, a tequila bar not too far from here, supposedly, that's pretty good that I've been meaning to go to and just, like, really just drink and then have, like, appetizers. But I don't know. There's a Mexican restaurant in my hometown uh, that had... Like you could get pitchers of margaritas for super cheap while you'd sit there on like Thursdays or something like that. And, oh man, I just I like tequila a lot. Uh, I'm gonna go with my number three though, so we can kind of keep moving here. And that's easily it's just beer. It has to be beer for me at number yeah. three, be, just because of how much I go to it. Uh, I drink more beer than anything else, purely because of uh, cost. And I'm a social drinker. I like drinking keeps me talking. And obviously, if I'm sitting there just sipping on tequila all night. I'm going to pass out at like 9 p.m. just hammered. So beer's kind of the the path towards sociability. For Understandable. Me, uh, as something you can, especially with light beers, where you can just sit and sip them all night and you're going to be fine. That makes sense. Uh, go-to beer, as you know, uh, is Michelob Ultra. And I've already, I talked about that in the last episode. And then if I'm not drinking Ultra, I do go for stouts. And it doesn't matter to me. I like oatmeal stouts the most, but I like all stouts. Makes sense. Yeah, so my number three is also beer. Um, Kyle and I know I have a bit of a fickle relationship with beer. Um, I'm sure we'll do an episode on ailments at some point, but I can't, I'm not supposed to drink a ton of beer. I get kidney stones and stuff from it. Um, so I tend to avoid it, but it's also probably if it weren't for that beer probably would be my favorite category because I love beer, any beer, light beer, ambers, stouts. I even like sour beers, which Kyle hates. Um, I definitely have my preferences too, though. So like my go-to if I'm drinking beer, it's Natterdays, just because there's a strawberry lemonade in there. It's delicious. Um, And they're cheap. You know, a 30 rack is 12 bucks at any time. But if I'm drinking, so, but uh, if I'm like, if I go to a brewery or if I go to anywhere that has like a craft beer selection, I'm the same as Kyle. I'm always going for a stout. I particularly really like stouts, as you could probably tell as you look through my beer list. I like stouts that have like a sweet element to them as well though. So like, I don't like strictly like the super bitter stouts. I've had like some of those like double stouts that are just like, here's the most bitter drink that we could possibly make. Like, I just think that's a little much, um, but yep. um, my personal all time favorite, it's uh, probably, uh, I have the brewery here actually. I have one, another beer from their brewery, but it's by Transient Brewing out of Michigan. It's called Bark Lord. It's like a cinnamon, maple, vanilla, coffee stout. Nice. It's hands down the best I've ever tasted. It's so good. Remind me, and I, I ranked it last time, but remind me to get you some of the that peanut butter stout. Oh, hell yeah. I love peanut butter, so that's going to be a problem. Um, and while we're talking, too, I, I did find the tequila that – and I'll, I won't go into the full story of this because we already talked a lot about Riot Fest, but the first time I ever had this was Riot Fest, and then I found out that I could get it locally here where I live now, and that's Fortaleza Blanco. Hmm. So it's a silver tequila, but it is super good. I love it. So my so my favorite, it's the one bottle of tequila that I, I own. 
Um, it's Espelon Silver. It's like a twenty dollars tequila. It's really cheap, but it's it's been by far like my favorite tequila that I've ever had. The second favorite tequila I have had Don Julio nineteen forty two. Maybe I liked it because it's like a two hundred dollar bottle of tequila, but. I didn't pay for it. That's probably the same reason I used to like Patron. Like, I don't think Patron is that good, but I think I just used to like it because I was like, ooh, I'm drinking Patron. I'm well, yeah, drink. and there was, like, the stigma that Patron's, like, a fancy tequila, and it's just not. It's super basic. Yep. Um, yep. But let's keep this list going here. So my four, this is probably where the list starts to get controversial for a lot of people. My four is seltzers. Ugh. It was really close between seltzers and my five which we'll talk about obviously when we get there. But for me, I just like seltzers. They're a lot lighter than beer. Like I drink beer and I get a little bloated. Maybe that's like me not being great with gluten. Maybe that's like some part of like some of the kidney stuff that I have going on. But overall, like just drinking seltzers, it's 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 friendly, it's inviting. It's like a super just chill drink. You can throw back 30 of them and not even think about it. Like we do sometimes during, you know, Country Thunder and our drinking game nights. But also like more and more companies have come into the seltzer market and they have definitely gotten a lot more creative. Like when I was at the liquor store picking out these beers, there were like agave seltz like agave based seltzers. And it's a saturated market to me now, man. It's all the same crap. No, I don't it's like not it. the like, I think it's just, but it's not the same. They all taste what's different. The, what's the flavored water that everybody really likes? The fancy Le, crap that La Croix. Likes. Yeah. La so Croix. That's that is seltzer to me. It's the same thing, man. It's just Flavored water, but I love that. And they added some alcohol content. I love that. If you do, I good for you. But I just I don't like flavored water, and so it doesn't. If really anybody cool. wants a sparkling, a flavored sparkling water that's better than Lacroix, if you have a Costco membership, just get theirs. It's a million times better than Lacroix, and it's like nine bucks for thirty of them. Nice, um, uh, dude. That's okay. I just had an idea for a topic. <laughs> I'm gonna write it down before. I, I love it. But yeah, I mean, seltzers. They're just a. They're just a super friendly drink. Like they don't, they don't blow you even though they're carbonated. And I do think there really is a difference. Like White Claw is different than Truly's or different than Bud Light seltzers are different than the Corona seltzers are different than the Coors seltzers are different than like the, the niche, like cliche or not cliche, um, niche, like craft seltzers that are out there now. Like there's a lot of difference between a lot of them. There are some that taste almost identical to each other, which I'll fully admit, but that's no different than light beer in my opinion. Like if you blindfolded me, it's literally all the same. If thing. you blindfolded me, I could tell you which one is Miller Light, which one is um, Corona Light. But like every other light beer, I'd be like, "That's Keystone, that's Bush." I don't know. I was gonna say I don't know that I believe that you could do that beyond maybe. Yeah, one. I got two. I got two in me. I'm gonna list the rest of mine just in order, yeah. uh, so we can move on. Uh, so following beer at my number three, uh, with number four being wine, and five being vodka, and I, that was a tough one for me. I didn't know which way to go. I like uh, red wine mostly, and so uh, it's kind of like my, if we're going to sit down and have dinner and have right. a drink, it's usually wine. I don't usually drink anything else. So uh, wine followed by vodka, followed by rum, followed by your liqueurs, uh, and then seltzers, and then gin. And like I said, I haven't really given gin a fair shake, but uh, sometime I'll probably change my mind. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think I think I need to try and like give gin another try, but for me, so after seltzers, which is my four. I've got wine at number five. I'm also a red wine drinker if I drink wine, but I tend to prefer sweeter wines for whatever reason. Even though like I typically like whiskeys that aren't as sweet, I like wine that is sweeter. I don't know, maybe it's just because they're made from grapes and my brain thinks I should be drinking grape juice. Um, then uh, rum is my six. I love me a Captain and Coke. I'll never, uh, never give those up. But also, um, I actually have a bottle of it back there. I have a coffee 
a coffee rum that we got from a distillery in Hawaii, 12 out of 10 entire, like hugely recommend. And then tequila, not a huge fan. I'll drink it if it's there, but again, it's another one I think I need to explore a little bit more than my palate's developed as an adult. Um, and then liqueurs and then gin. You know, I think I think our, our the end of our list were pretty similar there. Liqueur, like you said, though, I think that one is the one that is a little interesting because you could say like, you know, Bailey's like you could drink Bailey's and coffee every day and it'd be. Yep. But then there's like, yep, like Malort is technically a liqueur. So, yeah. And honestly, since since about the time that I was like maybe early college, uh, I would say that the liqueur market like um, kind of like your hot topic liqueurs like really started to hit the market like your rum chadas your fireball which is whiskey but to me it's kind of more like a liqueur uh all of those things that people got really popular and that became like kind of like the go-to shots for college kids in the bars really started happening about that time frame and because of that i think the liqueur market exploded a little bit more than what it was before then so you had a lot more weird options that you could try out and then that's kind of I get it. Like it, it's not going to ever be high on my list, but I think some of those are fun to have once. Yeah. Okay. You want to hear something super embarrassing? You probably yep. notice a staunch difference in my audio quality based off from these sentences compared to the sentences I was just saying. And that's because for whatever reason, it defaulted to the webcam microphone as opposed to my actual microphone. That's funny. So this probably sounds a million times better to everybody listening. And I want Kyle to keep this in the podcast um, when he edits it. Or, or when I edit it, it's going to be kept in because I want everybody to know how fucking stupid I am. Mine should be the right you're, one, hopefully. <laughs> I'm listen, I listened to the podcast and I was like, it's super loud. And then I looked up at the webcam and I was like, oh, shit. That's definitely. That's but funny. yeah, so audio, uh, forget what I said earlier, audio a million times better now. Um, and <laughs> going forward, we'll eventually stop having technical issues. But Joe Rogan has technical issues still. And it's like 2021. And he's been doing it for 12 years. So we have no idea what we're doing, man. We're just figuring it out. Exactly. On the all right, I'm going to transition to topic number two, but I'm going to use uh, my next beer to do that. Uh, so next up for me is Golden Road Brewing Guava Dia. It is a blonde ale with guava and pineapple, and it is only 4.5% alcohol. Keeping it light this time. So I'm also moving um, to my second one. This is called The Floor is Lava Cake by Foreign Exchange. Um, Foreign Exchange is a Floor is Foreign Exchange, I think, is an, it's a nationally distributed company, um, but they do a ton of different stouts and do it like different different types of beers, um, but it's a lava cake inspired milk stout, which is brewed with cacao nibs, milk sugar, and vanilla flavors. So Sounds let me good. finish this one. What'd you give your last one? I know you, oh, 6.7. 6. Just kidding. I've got it. It's yeah. good. If you like stouts, you'll like it. It's not mind blowing. They do have this comp this brewery. It's about 30 minutes for me and they have a ton of different flavors that I really want to try. Um, but this first flavor that I got, I'm also not a huge cinnamon guy. I just happened to. I love cinnamon and beers, dude. Especially. Stouts. I've had some that are good, but just this one, it's uh, the cinnamon's underwhelming, which I think is probably part of it. Like it's there, but it's that yeah. annoying cinnamon. It's not like a sugary cinnamon. I almost pulled uh, one of these beers out today too, just to do it, even though I had it before. Which is the reason why I didn't. I want to keep things new uh, for the show. But State Forty Eight, that makes the Mexican lager that I was drinking, also makes a, a mango wheat beer that is that super good. And it would definitely be higher in my ranking delicious. scale. Um, but. It's also a Phoenix local beer, which is pretty cool. Uh, that brewery is. Okay, so my first topic. Uh, rolling right into it is the games that got you hooked is what I call the topic. Okay. And by that, I mean what video games 
got you, you can either like kind of frame this however you want, but what got you started or what got you really like, I love video games and it's going to definitely be a part of what I do forever. That's interesting. So I, I have two, two ways that I want to answer this. One is the way that you presented. I also want to talk about the games that I've played that have been the most addicting because. Yep. That's dude. That's exactly what I did. So I started writing this list down and I was like, Ooh, this was like what got me as a kid. This is what got me going. And I was like, Ooh, but what about that game that I played like a shitload of hours of and I played forever. And so I've got, I've got both. So if I were to answer, so to start off, like thinking back to when I started playing video games, when I was younger, I was super fortunate in that my parents were very accepting of us wanting to play video games. Um, So they got us when we were younger, I had like the Game Boy Colors, the Game Boy Advances, like basically like every generation of Game Boy until like the they like switched off into like the Nintendo DSs. I pretty much had all of them. For me, yep. it was Pokemon, Pokemon and Mar and Super Mario, um, like Super Mario World. Those were like the two games that really got me like to start playing and really enjoying video games. Um, specifically, like the original Pokemon. Like those were those games. I could sit on my Game Boy for hours and just keep playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. And my parents, I remember specifically, we went to a wedding. Uh, when I was super young of like my cousins that they're those cousins that are part of your family. But like, if you didn't know that they were part of your family, you wouldn't like, you'd be like, why are we here? Um, I've never met you before. Um, so we were at their wedding and we were there for like six hours. And I literally sat in the corner the entire time, except for when we were eating dinner, just playing Pokemon. Like I, like I could just yep. get lost in the game. It's one of those games where you can sit there. It's been six hours and you're like, Oh, okay. Time to go home. Like, it didn't make my list, uh, but now that you mention it, yeah, like, I spent a ton of hours. I had a purple Game Boy, like one of the see-through ones. Yeah, I had one of those too. I played Pokemon Yellow on, and I had the little clip-in light just so I could play at night and keep playing. It would burn the crap out of your batteries, and but yeah, that was definitely that was definitely a good one, a solid one. Yeah. Um. So and then then Super Mario, like the Super mm-hmm. Mario series, the Mario Worlds, all of those, those were always great too. Um. I'm not like a. Uh, one of those people who's like a truther and like these Mario games are the best ones. Any other ones that you play are trash. Like I've had fun with every single Mario game I've ever played. Um, but then right. like the genre that really like, as especially like as I got older, the genre that took over for me, I think one of my dogs just walked in here. Um, <laughs> one of the genres that really like blew the door open for me was first person shooters um, and specifically call of duty two. It was the first call of duty to have online play. And you, I, the number of games that I won just running around with a, a car 98 with no scope on it, you know, it was so much, you know, how much I would have hated that hundred percent, but like the, the call of duty games were really what probably, this is going to sound weird to say, but like changed my life in terms of gaming. Cause they were the first, first person shooters that I really dove into. Like I played call of duty two <clears throat> that brought me to halo and then from there, like the Call of Duty series was pretty much all that I played up until, you know, the Battle Royale games got super popular. Give me a second. I'm going to get my dog out and close my door. It's funny that you brought first person shooters and you're like, that's what really changed it and like got me going. And then you went to Call of Duty because for me, it was also first person shooters, but it was GoldenEye. So I played GoldenEye, but I played it like... I played it on like PlayStation one. Like I, I never had like the Nintendo and played like the original golden eyes. I had a Nintendo, 
that's it's funny that you say that too because like we have probably just enough of gap in age where that is like completely real like i had enough just a couple more years maybe with nintendo 64 yeah maybe, you're what you're which is where i really got my start right i will be 28 yeah so I, I mean I'm, I'm gonna be 26 in may i'll be 26 when i'm there but yeah, so it's it's a it's, couple but, years. But for real, like, it's a couple years. It, especially that like, two years is probably the perfect transition too, because even for me, like my living memory of video games with Nintendo sixty four was mostly GoldenEye playing with my brothers and sometimes my dad. And then after that, like my brain transitions to PlayStation mm-hmm. One as my first kind of like make you know real console that I was playing on outside of Nintendo sixty four. Um, so GoldenEye was kind of the first one for me. Honorable mentions though from the same time frame that got me going was Star Fox was a huge one that I spent a ton of time playing at my dad's house growing up. Uh, And then Duke Nukem, hilarious game. I don't know why my dad let us play that. I met your dad. I know why he let you play it. Fair enough. And so to be fair too, just to kind of throw it out there, my dad, you say like your parents are really awesome about letting you guys play video games. My dad was playing more video games than me. And he still does. My dad plays more games than I do to this day. And it's so, yeah, I was born into the, the gaming you world. Were, you were born is, to I mean, be a nerd. There. You were born to be a nerd. And then my final honorable mention from the Nintendo 64 days is Conker's Bad Fur Day. And if you don't know what that is, yes, I will explain game. briefly what it is. Because Conker's Bad Fur Day was, it was probably the game that never should have been created. And I'd have to look this up and verify. But I am pretty sure it was the first rated R game that ever came out. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then it was on Nintendo 64. I think it came out in like 2000, 2001, maybe. I could be wrong on the date. But you are a drunken squirrel that's trying to retrace your footsteps and go and find out what happened to your girlfriend after a night of drinking. And it is just, it is hilarious. And it was well-written. Uh, and it's, it's if you could play through it today and it's still funny. Yeah, it came out in 2001. Uh, I think they put it, yep. They ended up uh, releasing it as a part of that throwback pack that they made on xbox too uh so you can actually play it on xbox i don't know if you still can i guess i haven't i don't have the new xbox but you can you could play it uh so those were kind of the big ones for me and then like as a as a child that got me going and then the next one for me and you did it reverse of me which is interesting because halo 2 was the first huge game for me uh in terms of console gaming and i played hours and hours and hours of halo because that's we were playing halo 2 when we got xbox live for the Mm -hmm. first time and so I dedicated way too many hours to Halo 2. So for me, I probably played, like at the time, I probably played more Halo 2 than I played any other game. But that was simply because I had a friend whose parents worked for Microsoft. So they had the newest Xbox right when it came out. It took me a year or two later like to get it after launch. And so when, when Halo came out, they got it right away. And they had like... They were the one of the first people to go from like those big, you remember those tank controllers on the Xbox three, like the original Xbox yeah. to like the yeah. smaller ones, the ones that could actually fit in like a kid's hands. So they were like yep. the first ones to get it. So, and the, Halo was the only game they played and they were one of my best friends. They lived right down the street from me. So every time I go to their house, we would play Halo. We would play 18 hours of Halo in a row and not even like we'd get up to get food twice. So like I've played a ton of Halo. I'd never got as into like the Halo play style though. Like that's what always threw me out. They would always end up winning. We would have to like throw me and the little brother versus the older brother to make the games competitive. Yeah. So like maybe that's part of it is I just wasn't as good at it. But like even now when I'm trying to play Halo, Halo, like I can't, I can't get into it the same way that I can get into other games. 
I loved everything about that game. I played way too That's much. That's funny because you hate games um, that have long time to kill, and Halo has a really long time to kill. So my gaming interests have obviously changed a lot over time. So uh, that was definitely one just like middle school-ish that I, uh, yeah, probably middle school that I was playing a lot. Uh, some other ones that I just wanted to bring up, and I'll do m- most of the rest of these in passing, and I'll let you talk about anything else that you got. Uh, but Twisted Metal, if yeah. you remember that, we played Twisted Metal uh, on PlayStation, and we would have our friends over from like all over the neighborhood, and we'd all play split screen Twisted Metal together, and that was a ton of fun. Uh, and then when I got into RPGs, which was significantly down the road, Dragon Age was probably the first huge game that I got into that like I really put a ton of hours on console into a, in a, an RPG, uh, and then followed that up with The Witcher uh two not three um and i didn't really play the witcher one that i can recall and then the last one which i probably shouldn't even talk about on the podcast because it just talks about tells how much of a nerd i was uh but in elementary school i found runescape on a we all did random it was like i'm trying to think it was one of those like mini game websites but it was runescape was posted on there and like sponsored on this page and i started like mini clip and i was addicted to that game for like two years it's runescape man i think we all I, everybody who's played video games i think has played runescape at some point in their life even people who it wasn't runescape games. it was probably wow because there was like the wow generation I never played and there was the runescape folks I couldn't yeah, get I either. um but that's that's everything that's on my list for the games that really kind of got me engaged in playing games so and as much as I so do and then the other so two other games that i played a ton of that i could probably count in this category as well you ever played super monkey ball I don't think so. So I had a friend whose parents were super Christian. And so we couldn't play fighting games. We couldn't really play games with magic. So Super Monkey Ball was one of the only games that we could play. So we played the ever-living shit out of that on the GameCube. Um, It was one of the probably like games that we... I probably put more hours into that game legitimately than any other video game I've ever played. Um, And then also um, MVP Baseball 2005 and Madden like 2003 are probably the two sports games that got me into those genres of games more than anything else. Um, so those, Yeah, I've never been a sports gamer, so I can see that's probably high on the list for a lot yeah. of people. Like the Madden games and uh, NCAA games from back in the day are probably huge for some people. And just, that just I think baseball-wise, too, you'll find a lot of people say MVP Baseball 2005 because it was the hands-down greatest baseball video game that has ever been made. Even to this date, it's better than anything it's better than any of the show games that have come out in, in the recent years. Um, and- it's funny because you brought up uh, Super Monkey Ball, though, and it reminded me of something just because of the cover art for the game. And it actually came out as a demo when we first got our Xbox, but Fusion Friends. Yes, yes. At, specifically as the demo. I never owned the game, but I played the, I yeah, played the I demo I over and over. I don't think that we did either. I played the demo over and over. So much. Well, they gave you access to multiplayer and tons of games in the demo. So there's really no reason to download the real yeah. game, but we played that all the time growing yeah, up. Yeah, that was always fun. Um, and then I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the name and I literally just put an Xbox multiplayer mini game and Fusion Friends is the first thing that popped up. Yeah, course, it's so. it's wild. Oh man, now it's bringing me back to you. Remember the demo displays at Target that it used to have? Yeah, That's, I would play it. I mean, they still have demos. I would, but yeah, but I would play that like the Xbox 360, the Xbox demos of that all day. My parents would go shopping, they just leave us there. Um, yeah, but then if we look at like the games that we've played that were the most addicting, so Modern Warfare 2, that is hands down probably the most addicted I've ever been to a video game in my entire life. Um, that wasn't it for me. I played a ton. It was my transition out of Halo was into Modern Warfare 2. Uh, but it wasn't like 
I played it. A, I played a mm. lot, but it's not like the game that I spent the most time on by any for means. For sure. But that for me was like, that's when I got into like really got into like sniping in video games and then like going for like gameplays. Like when I used to like I used to have another channel where I'd uploaded like gameplays. I had a hop hop hog HD PVR. If any of my OGs know what I'm talking about, like this video. Um, but you know, that was like the classic like game capture device. And looking back on it, like the quality is terrible, but for the for when oh, it was, sure. it was really good. Um, and then past that, like the battle royale genre in general takes the cake for the games I've been the most addicted to, from H1 to PUBG to Fortnite to Warzone, like it had like to blackout before Warzone. You and I played a ton of that. Yep. We've played a ton of Apex. We've played a ton of Fortnite. Like <clears throat> that genre of games is like I think the most influential genre of games in the past 10 years. Like the way that Battle yeah, Royale. I don't disagree with you. I think they've just taken over everything. They've like completely changed yeah. the way that people think about gaming. The annoying thing for me is, and I know I'm a hypocrite in saying it, but every time a new one comes out, I'm like, oh God, another Battle Royale. When are we ever going to get out of this genre? But I completely agree with you, man. It's changed the the way that people play games and it's changed the marketing methods for games even too. Cause people are like, well, I'll release this for free. Yeah. And people are, it. the unfortunate thing is it's really promoted the microtransaction age. Uh, and getting people to buy skins and other things. But like if you that, really but, think about it, like uh, especially Fortnite, like if you think like most of the skins are like five bucks, you can buy. I'm trying to do the math in my head here. It's five dollars a skin. You can buy twelve skins for what you would typically pay for a game. Like most games are like sixty bucks. If the if the skins, are, yeah, but you're not getting content. That's my but biggest it's, problem. It's, with it. it's something you're that getting you want. Cosmetics. It's something that you want. Yeah, but it's silly, man. I get it. I, I get. I get your argument. I'm totally like. For the most part, against microtransactions, but it, yeah, I just got another talk. <laughs> but like, but um, as somebody who invested a lot of money into like Counter Strike skins when I played Counter Strike really heavily, um, that I have two two last games really quickly to talk about like addictiveness. But when I bought a ton of Counter Strike skins, it was literally just like there's almost like a like a uh, I'm trying to think of the right word like a prestige factor of having like certain skins. Like I'm playing. Dude, that's silly, man. They're they're doing that on purpose. That's a psychological game that they're playing with you to, in order to get you to pay for those skins. But a lot of the benefit of those skins, like especially the like Counter Strike skins, when you could buy them third party, like not even through the game, that really like that was completely separate from Valve. Valve did not like that that was going on at all, and they didn't make yeah, they dumb. didn't make money off of any of it. But like it created a whole culture around skins in games and how that was like what yep. people liked more so than even gameplay in some instances. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I, obviously I'm against it and I don't like the micro transaction era, but I do think that in general, the battle Royale scheme, especially if you lump them together, I wouldn't agree or wouldn't disagree with you that I have spent probably the most time playing these types of games just because I've played as an adult too. Like, especially when I didn't have like school to go to and I could, like I could, didn't have especially as an adult like when i moved away from like my main friend groups and stuff like too when i was living in florida specifically like kind of how and we to go back to the story of how we met like that's when i was playing an absurd right. amount of video games and it was all battle royale so yeah and then like so the last couple of games that i have that were super addictive for me counter-strike go specifically i played 1.6 i played source but counter-strike go i put an insane amount of hours in there from like 20 15 to like 2017 late late 2017 whenever Fortnite came out basically like i was playing counter-strike like 
four to eight hours a day. It was a problem. Like I was literally addicted to the game. And then right now, Escape from Tarkov. I know you hate that game. I was playing it right before we it. got on. I frustrated. The reason why we were late. I frustrated Kyle by being a little bit late from that. Trying to give our audience our, if I look at it right now, our one person audience. That's probably yeah. you. Uh, content on time. Hey man, the uh, the live streams are just so that we can uh, post them later. But um, like the just Escape from Tarkov, like the whole game itself, the gunplay of the game, the movements, the the graphic quality. Yes, there's some problems with the game. I think you're not going to find a game without problems in this day and age, just because there's always going to be something that causes some issue somewhere. Um, but like. Tarkov really is the most unique experience I've ever gotten out of a video game where not only does it have the gunplay aspect, but it has a survival aspect. It has a system where you have to be cognizant of how much you're eating and how much you're drinking in game. It also has like a looting aspect and there's a market to it. Like complexity wise, it's the most complex game out there and the ways that you can play the game vary so differently. Like if you play a battle royale, you're going for wins. If you're playing Call yep. of Duty pubs, you're going for as many kills as possible or for wins. With Tarkov, there's no winning. You're just trying yeah. to constantly survive and make it out of the raid. And it, there's like a level of adrenaline. That you just have to love the grind. And there's definitely a game. There's there's games that have gotten me to that level, but it's been a while since I've really wanted, like, wanted to play a grind. I still think like if you like really played Tarkov, like when you played with us, it was four of us at the end of a wipe who had every piece of equipment and so much money that we didn't care like we were running around and just killing everything and you had nothing to do. I think if you played yeah. from the beginning of a wipe it. and you like went through the, the quest system and you went through the tasks and you went through the traders and all of the like aspects of the game, I really do think you would like it. Like, yeah, maybe to me, it's the same kind of concept as rust where it's just a non-winning game and it's a grind for the grind. Exactly. Yeah. We, I mean, uh, you and I played a lot of rust for like a month there. We played a little bit of Rust. For we a played little, a lot of Rust for a was, month. It was easy to burn out of we that. We played game. a lot of Rust for a month, and then we were like, "All right, let's never play this again." Yeah, I'm gonna transition out of this topic. Coming back to it, I'm giving Guavadilla by Golden Road Brewing a six point seven. It's definitely better than the first beer I had. Uh, a lot more flavor. Uh, it's a lighter beer, even than that, which I didn't anticipate. I didn't think that a blonde ale would be a lower percentage yeah. than a, a Mexican lager, but. I didn't think that either. I was a little surprised to hear that. Yeah. For mine, I'm going to rate it lower than I probably should just because I'm a little disappointed by like, you look at like the name, like you look at the, like the marketing and you expect that it's probably going to like, they're going to be this like chocolate explosion and it's going to taste like mold. Yeah. Dude, I was going to say that to you. Like by, just by the name alone, it sounds really good. I'm so disappointed with the taste. That sucks. It's very, it's so I get that it's a milk stout, but it's very like milk heavy on the taste, which I don't love. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a six one. Like it's, it's, you know, it, I, it's something I'll drink again. I, if somebody has this, I'm not going to say no to it. But like from what I was expecting when I saw the can the first time and I read the description, I was like, I'm going to love this. And it's just, it's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong but it's not as good as I hoped it was going to be. I'm really hoping this transient last one that I'm going to, that I'm going to pop open is going to really save my night. Cause I've, I know this, I, I know this brewery. They make, are you introducing a new beer right now? Or are you not um, I've, I've got about two sips left. So. Okay. You can just interrupt. Well, I guess yourself. Cause you, you've got, the I next do topic. have the next topic. So 
My next topic is going to be, as I look at my list to fully determine which one I want to talk about here. At least I'm more prepared. See, this guy goes from Tarkov when he makes us late for the podcast and doesn't even prepare his topics. No. I was sitting there the whole time. I'm waiting for him to get done with Tarkov, like writing notes on a piece of paper of things that I want to talk about and like what my topics are going to be. So I, I have a, a giant list of topics. I just don't know like which one I want to talk about. My brain jumps all over the place. That's the problem with this is that I'm all over the map when it comes to just even like thinking about things. Um, okay. So here we'll talk about this, I think. Um, so you and I are both, both techies in a, in a sense. Um, when you built your computer, sure. you got super into computer parts as I, as I yeah. built my computer, I got super into parts. I've, I've continued to like build upon the system that I have. So what do you think would be like, um, what do you think is the limit to which you personally get return on investment with, with PC parts? And with that question, how do you feel about the current, I guess, economy when it comes to PC parts where so much is out of stock and it's impossible to get anything at an enthusiast level? Dude, the shitty thing about that, and I can start with that first because I, I do have an opinion there. And before I was educated on this opinion, it just angered me to no end because you've got all the scalpers out there that are just ruining the ability for uh, people to enter the market. Yeah. Like as a PC gamer, you should want people to join the market of PC gamers, right? Like you shouldn't be trying to limit the entry to that and cause barriers of entry to, to PC gaming. Like we should want that community to grow. And so for people to just buy a shitload of them, scalp them out. And the same thing was with the new consoles too. And it's just super frustrating for people to put up an additional barrier for somebody to try to enter a market, uh, especially for like lower end cards, like at your, or I guess lower to mid range, like your, your 60 series, like of Nvidia, right? Like, so your 2060s, 3060s, like, or even like your 60. Yeah. I was going to say, right? you're looking or like your... the six, like the 1650 TIs that you can find in stock places are 400 bucks. Like it's gross I bought... dude, and it makes me smell. Yeah. Bad. So I so there was there's been a bunch of YouTube videos on the topic recently after Nvidia launched their most re, or was it um, not Nvidia was it Nvidia that just launched a card or was it um, AMD one of them just launched a card um, no Nvidia did Nvidia did yeah was it the, like the, I keep getting advertisements for them dropping the 3060 but I thought that was already a thing it's you're probably talking about like I just updated my drivers and they were like ooh new 3060 just out now they released the 3060 Ti or the, that's probably um, so that's probably what those you're seeing but like. There's been a lot of videos on it. And I think they make a really good point is that the people who are scalping these and are, the people who are coming in and creating a level of competition where we can't buy anything, even though we want to, it's not PC gamers. It's Bitcoin farmers. It's, it's cryptocurrency farmers. And it's people who realize that they can make money by scalping these things. Yeah. It's people who have gone, you know, we've, we scalpers over the years have gone from sports tickets to sports memorabilia to hype yeah. beast streetwear shoes like Yeezys and Jordans tickets, yeah. to now this is the hot thing in that they can buy it quicker than we can because they have bot services and they create they code their own bots they can buy it and they yeah, can sell it at the new. people are yeah, smart about it it's from just... a business perspective I get it but from like a consumer yeah, perspective I hate it like I've I think I've been trying to upgrade well. my graphics card since the new generation of cards launched I couldn't get a 60, yeah. 6800 or 6800 XT at launch. I couldn't get a 3070, a 3080, a 3090 at launch. Like I just couldn't, I didn't get them. And 
sorry. Um, like I just, I've tried and I cannot get the cards at retail. I cannot get the cards near retail and I'm not going to pay a scalper extra for it. Like I'm just out of principle. I'm not going to no. do it. Like don't get me wrong. Nope. I can I play, you and I both have two, uh, 2k monitors, 1440p monitors. Like we can play yep. games at these graphic settings with what the hardware that we have now, no problem. But that doesn't mean I don't want to upgrade my stuff. Like I like having newer stuff. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a gear whore. I'm a gear whore in everything with baseball and softball. I buy new bats. I buy new gloves with golf. I like to have new clubs with my car. I like to have a new car like more frequently. Like I've always just personally liked having newer stuff and just knowing that these cards are out there and that people get to experience them. And I don't sucks. Like maybe that's a snobby thing yeah. to say, but it just sucks. Like, even if I have, a, so, th and then I look at it from the other perspective too. One of my coworkers just built a PC for, or I sh shouldn't even say that. He wanted to build a PC for the first time. I basically talked him into it. And then these, this new card comes out, these new cards come out and these new CPUs come out and he can't buy them anywhere. He had to buy a pre-built because it was the only way that he could get something that could support what he wanted in a game. Yeah. Like you yeah. have to go pre-build, which means you're skimping on either the case, the power supply, the motherboard or the RAM or all of the above to get a name, yeah. like one of the higher tier CPUs. And so I think like he has a 5,700 and or a 5,600 X and he's got a 3060, but like he paid three, like 1300 for that system. Whereas in a normal climate, you part that out at MSRP, like when these stuff launched his system, it's, more expensive than it needed to be for no reason other than yeah, it being 100%. a pre-built and they have stuff in stock and it's just it pulls the one market. other thing i have to add to the conversation too is that i i say that i was i was more angry before when this first started happening because now i understand that the shortage is not necessarily the fault of the companies that are producing these products we have a semiconductor sh shortage that is going to last for likely the next couple of yeah, years. Yeah, they're saying like 2022 is reasonably the first time that a lot of stuff can start to look like normal stock again. And the unfortunate thing about that is that a company like NVIDIA or AMD can't just stop producing products because they're going to be limited in supply. They have to continue to advance their technology and produce products or they're going to fall behind the competitors. And so they have to keep producing the next generation of products. They're just never going to have a significant quantity of them. And that's shitty for the consumer but I get it from the business, which is why I'm not as mad at AMD or NVIDIA as I was originally. Uh, I understand that the shortage exists and I know that it's not all their fault. And so I don't fault the the company anymore as much as I used to, which makes me a little less angry uh, as at the situation as a whole, but I still think it's- I think it's more frustration than anger with me. Like, and I'm yeah. looking at that from another, from like the other people's perspective too. Like so many people who want to enter the PC gaming market, like, especially as PC gamers, like we've convinced at least one, if not multiple people in our lives to switch from console gaming to PC gaming. Yep. Like Dane, Dane, yep. our, our, our best friend is a really good example of that. Like he was a console gamer through and through. He always told me, even after I built the PC, he's like, there's no fucking way I'm ever doing that. And sure as shit, he, yep. he built a PC. Um, like, Which was like, yeah, that's a whole episode of its own is the, the debacle that was Dane building a PC. But like, I have multiple people that have reached out to me asking me for help on building a computer. And I'm like, I would love to help you. And like, I would love for you to go through the process of building it and picking out your parts. But you're going to pay so much more than the quality that you're getting right now. Like just buy a pre-built if you really need to get into PC yep, gaming. Right now. Right, right now. now. And I think agree. Linus like smashed it when he was talking about it. 
Um, Linus Tech Tips, for those who aren't familiar, is a, a tech YouTuber who deals a lot with PC gaming and PC parts in yep. general. Um, in his video, he talked about how like there's Intel Intel chips are basically like the only chips that are in stock anywhere. And that's because they had already projected their their sales to go down. And since theirs, they went down from their peak, but they still kept producing at peak levels, that their stock is basically normal. Whereas AMD, who yeah. has put out better chips year after year the past two or three years, yep. who has put out better graphics cards year after year the past couple of years, yep. theirs has continually increased in, in, in desire, especially like this series of cards that came out and like price to performance wise beat a lot of the NVIDIA cards that have been out in the past few years for a like from a cost perspective, like match or beat, yeah. especially when you take into cost. Yeah. So like when you look strictly at like price to performance, I think the, it was the 6,800 that was, that beat the NVIDIA equivalent and the XT version was like right there, just a little bit behind, but like yeah. a, a company like that is in a tough spot because everybody wants their stuff and they physically just can't get the Silicon to make it. That's the worst thing maybe about the timing of all this too, is that you're at a point in the market where there's enough competition between these companies being AMD and NVIDIA for the graphics cards and AMD and Intel for the CPUs where they can match each other kind of punch for punch. But the price to performance from AMD is so competitive yeah. that it's allowing people that or was prior to the shortage, allowing people to enter the market with high quality gaming components without paying the cost that they were previously. And so it's it's shitty that it was timed the way that it was in terms of the competition where it was the playing field was leveling and now they just don't have the supply to be able to back it up. I'm going to use this. Oh, but my last real quick, I'm going to introduce my last beer here. So it's called Martian My Hello, um, which is an imperial stout with chocolate, marshmallow, and graham cracker. It's by Transient Artisanal Art, Artisan Ales. Um, like I said earlier, I believe they're out of Michigan. Yeah, Bridgman, Michigan. This is 9%. So this is definitely the strongest one that we've had tonight. Nice. My last one, I think, was also 6%. But I'm going to crack this open. Give me uh, five minutes to take a couple sips. I'll, I'll uh, give you a score. And I'll use uh, his first couple sips here in the fill-in to, to give my last final notes on this. And part of your question was, where do I limit the value for money, I think, of PC parts and like in terms of the end user? And for me... The funny thing now is I've, I've built a couple PCs and I sold the second one that I built because I built it to travel with and it didn't really work out that way uh, necessarily. Uh, so I've got enough experience hands-on uh, with a couple PCs now. Obviously, I'm not like the most experienced person on the planet. Obviously, I'm probably at the lower end of experience for PC enthusiasts. Uh, but switching from console to the PC interface itself, keyboard mouse, is enough of a motivation to get you off uh, of console in my opinion. I think the controller is very limiting and you get a lot more options and I'm still even progressing in terms of, and you've given me shit about this too, but I use a lot of my mouse for a lot of things and I don't use my keyboard enough. And there's just so much you can do with a keyboard and mouse and that interface is enough to push you over. But in terms of parts themselves, now that I've experimented a little bit with monitors and graphics cards and all these different things, I think if you can get a 1080 PC or a 1080 monitor, that is supported by your PC and you can push over 60 frames in any given game at the settings that you're comfortable with, that's enough. Yeah. And I, you don't need to buy a $900 GPU or a $700 monitor or any of this stuff. Dude, you can enter the market at $500 and it's going to be better than a console for a similar price. Exactly. Point. Well, and that's, that's my whole thing too. So like for me, I look at it different than the consumer. So like for the consumer, I definitely agree with you. For myself, I definitely, 
am biased by wanting higher performance out of what I game with. So my, my price, like, I don't think I'd ever build a computer that costs more than two grand, no matter how much money I had. Um, like, I think you can get really elite performance. Like I run, so for the nerds out there, I have a 3,600 X, I have 32 gigabytes of uh, Corsair LPX Ram, uh, 3,200 speed. I've got a 5,700 XT, which I have overclocked. I have an AIO cooler, uh, Fractal Design Mesh FIC. I've got an 850 um, watt uh, EVGA G3 unit for power supply. And I think I'm at like, Obviously, I've, I've built this PC over time. It's kind of developed on top of previous builds that I've had. I think my total cost right now is right around 1200 And like I could spend, you know, if I were to spend $900 on a graphics card right now, the way my brain would do the math is go, I really only spent 500 more than my current graphics card. So I would count that like as like a $1,700 build. Um, I think like 2000 though, like... I see pe these people that are building like $10,000 PCs and I get a lot of it is for the content. But like, to me, that's just like overkill. Like you don't need that. Like you're saying, Kyle, for the general person playing the game, if you can get a 60 Hertz, like IPS or VA panel, yep. you can push games at 60 FPS on, you can do that on a RX 5080 if you, or RX 580. I would say preferably greater because I need, you need to be motivated to enter the market from the console world and you can get a 60 FPS gaming system with a console now. So I think you need to beat 60 FPS now if you want to have the motivation to enter. If you're not motivated by a keyboard and mouse then you need to be motivated by graphics. And I think in order to do that, you need to have greater than 60 FPS now, but you can still do that at a reasonable price point. But even so, like the consoles really can't push a lot of games at 60 FPS consistently. Like we see the like yep. we saw the Cyberpunk release and like on all gen consoles. Oh my god! All gen consoles are yep. running at thirty FPS and they're breaking. Like you like I if you can get sixty FPS consistently out of the games that you like, sure you can jump into like the RTX series cards where you're getting ray tracing and that alone is going to be better than the graphic quality that you're going to get on pretty much any console. Even with the like the PS5 and the new Xbox, like you're going to get better performance out of most seven eight hundred dollar pcs you're spending two hundred dollars more than release on these on these consoles and you're getting just an overall better experience and guess what if you don't like mouse and keyboard you can plug a fucking controller into your computer and it works yeah and i almost did that when i first switched over just because of unfamiliarity with yeah i had to talk you out of it you kind of have to yeah you have to force yourself to get used to it it's much more it's uh, worth it in the long run in my opinion yeah it is it's it's worth it to adapt uh, but I will disagree with you a little bit, dude. If I had as much money as like Jeff Bezos, I would. Build okay, yeah. If I had fucking billions so, of, if I was a millionaire, I don't even have to say billions. If I was a millionaire, I would build an insane PC. There's no doubt in my mind. I see. I'm uh, so, but for the end user. Well, I'm see. I would. You know, I probably wouldn't go like full balls to the wall. Like I still have like even in Tarkov mm -hmm. where I have like 90 million rubles, which is a shit ton compared to most people. Like, even in that, I don't want to spend all the money. Like, I'm just naturally a little bit frugal with some things. This is the guy that says he needs to upgrade all the time, despite the quality of his current PC. Hey, comments. shut up. <laughs> don't talk to me like but the, that. So, and that's where I differ from you, man. I am completely content with my PC. Uh, would I upgrade if I could? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm fine with it. And also, I intentionally said 1080 when I suggested for the end user too, because now that I have 1440, I love it. I think Same. It's I won't it. go back. But you don't need yeah, it. Yeah, I won't go back. You do but not you don't. Like, so Tarkov definitely looks a million times better in 1080p. Warzone, I don't like. I 1440p? What I, no. 
yes, yes, sorry. Um, Tarkov looks better in 14, 1440. Warzone, it looks better, but like I don't play any better. I don't perform any better on 2K than I do than I did on 1080. Like most games that most people are gonna play, like I haven't played Cyberpunk since I got this monitor, um, compared to the 2K monitor that I had before this that didn't work. But like I think like games like that, I could definitely see wanting the extra visual factor for it, but like most games, yeah. like if, you just, if you're coming over to PC and you're going to play Call of Duty or you're going to play The Witcher or you're going to play Counter-Strike, like you're going to push 400 frames on Counter-Strike with a tent with like most setups. You're going to push at least 60 frames or better on most other games with like an average, you know, $800 build. Like you're going to get a better overall experience, in my opinion, like even just peace, like even a game like Apex, which isn't super intensive, like playing that game in 1080 on console versus playing that game in 1080 on computer is night and day. Yeah. It's night and day. And I think more... Dude, 1440 is great. I just, I'm I'm a proponent of people entering this market now Same. that I'm here, right? Like I want people to be PC gamers and you can do that at such a low price compared to, like, I think my first PC was $1,000, yeah. right? So like the first one I beat was 1000 and I could have built it for half the price and had similar capabilities yeah. of the pc if i was smarter on the parts before i bought and i did a lot of research and i still wasn't as smart as i well I, and i i so tried I to help you but effort. i still fucked up probably if we go back and like re reevaluate like our yeah we should do that we should evaluate helps other people build pcs we should evaluate our first yeah we should sometime. we absolutely should and uh where we allocated money and where we should have allocated yes, money because that's, that's, that's where i do. that that exact topic right there is where i fucked up is the allocation but like so to wrap this up so i can let you get to your last topic before we get yep. too long here like I just think the PC space is a phenomenal space to be in. I think the PC gaming community is overall better than the console gaming community. Yep. But yep. right now is unfortunately, if you want to build your own PC, if you want to do it all yourself, now is not the time. But with a lot of the pre-built systems that are out there, a lot of companies are charging at most a $50 premium to build the computer for you. Like brands yep. like Origin PC, NZXT, these guys are offering yeah. very competitive prices. NZXTs are fantastic. Yes, yeah. yeah, I love, I almost bought an NZXT case just because I like the way that their stuff looks. Like, yep, it's got a great design. Good, if you want to join the PC gaming, quality yeah, airplay, if yeah. you want to join the PC gaming, do it through one of those companies for now. Most of the time, I wouldn't recommend that, but for now, go with the pre built as opposed to building your own. I'll let you introduce your last topic real quick. This is by far the best beer I've had tonight. This is an 8.4. Eight four. It's, damn. Okay, is that the highest rating we've had? That yet? might yeah, be. Maybe? This is nice. by far the best beer I've had so far. The sweet level, like the sweetness of like the marshmallow and the chocolate, and the you can definitely like it tastes like you're drinking a s'more. Like the after aftertaste that I get with this is a s'more. It's so good. This is by far the best one I've had on the podcast. All right, I'm cracking my final beer, which is the Hanalei Island IPA from Kona. Uh, I'm a huge Kona proponent i think their big wave is one of my favorite beers of all time just as a something that i would go to over and over again i really enjoy that beer uh so i'm gonna try this one out today on the pod and i will transition away uh like i said we have a lot more probably to say about pc parts in the pc game community but we'll have to save that for a later time just because i said we were going to go forever and by my tally we've got 15 minutes to talk about my last topic to meet uh to not exceed our maximum you gotta remember there's there's like a minute and a half at the there's time to cut out it's fine yeah Roughly 15 minutes is what we've got. So I'll bring out my last topic and I can either go first or you can go first and we can talk about this, but I think we can do it in 15 minutes. So topic number two is give me your favorite 2000 or if you want to incorporate the 90s, I'm okay with that. 
alternative rock bands. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, I'm a, I have to pull up my Spotify here. I've got a pretty good list. So if you want me to go first, I can. Give me, give me like 12 seconds. <laughs> so, okay. So how many do you want? Like top three, top five, top 10. I have four. I'm willing to find a fifth. To get right, top I'll go five. top five here. So for me, um, two bands that a hundred percent have to be in this because they literally changed the way I listen to music. Blink 182 and Linkin Park by far. They, I think both of those bands started in the nineties, but like Linkin Park's Meteora album literally changed the way that I looked at music from a from, hybrid theory. Yes. Hybrid theory is one of the most probably underrated, I think albums of all time. Like I really think just the music that they put out compared to anything else at the time, like it was so unique. Like they were one of the first bands to, I think, incorporate like the rap and rock side of things effectively. Like you had new metal bands yeah. who did that before, like Limp Bizkit. Um, like, but, but that yeah. wasn't this, that's, you can't put those two bands in the same category. They're completely different, but Lincoln Park and Blink-182 have to by far be my one and two. Like it's not, there's no competition there. Okay. Um, if we're looking at the third band, I'm looking at a list here. Um, so, uh, third for me would probably be probably under oath. Um, they're more in like the metalcore genre. Um, again, another band that really changed the way I kind of listened to music when I was younger, I listened to like, I started listening to music with like most of the pop stuff that you would hear on the radio, um, transitioned a little bit into like country music and stuff through my parents. My dad really liked Brooks and Dunn. My parents are huge classic rock people. So I listened to a lot of that too, but under oath was really one of those first bands again, that kind of did something really different for me. Like they were the first you know, metal, metal core, metal ish band that I got into their first, their, um, uh, I can't remember if it's their first or second album. Now I have to look it up. Um, so I, uh, looks like it was actually their fourth album. They're only chasing safety. Um, that album was like the yep. first heavy album that I really listened to front to back. And there are songs on that album that to this day, I still listen to reinventing your exit a boy brush red living in black and white downset goat. Like those are yep. three songs that are still on regular rotation on my playlist. Like that music has aged so well that I don't think you can really compare like their longevity to a lot of the bands that are in the scene. Like under oath is still relevant today. And as a yep. metalcore band that uh, started in like the early two thousands, like, and, no, yep. I, I apologize. They started in 1997 is when that band formed for them to oh, still damn, be nice as relevant that. as they are now, 24 years later, like that longevity. I wouldn't say they're as relevant. I would argue. I that. think they're, but they are still relevant within the scene though, within the scene that they're in. I think, yeah, I, I think even like new age, like emo kids, like appreciate what under oath has done for the genre. Yeah. And so as we were talking about this, or as I was listening to you, give your list, I created the fifth for my list. And then I also made a pretty significant list of honorable mentions that I think definitely had an influence uh, on my listening throughout uh, probably really. So uh, like you kind of I, now as an adult, I'm a mix of basically every genre I will listen to uh, for the most part. Uh, with that being said though, when I was in like high school, late middle school, well really all of middle school, I guess high school, 
and even early college, I was the person that was like, I will never listen to a country song in my life. I now will, you tell I'll me like most to... of what you listen to is like contemporary country stuff. Yeah, it's true. I have con- I have definitely converted. I listen to a ton of country music now. I've really just opened my tape. I think I was I was you know the attempted rebellious right. uh, and stuck with that music genre in order to kind of like stiff arm everything else because I was just too cool, you know, for for those kind of things. But uh, I will open it up with some of the ones that I think were the most influential for me during that time. Uh, the biggest one, I think, my number one has to be AFI. So, and I know that's a '90s band. They're great. Uh, I didn't really listen probably until the 2000s. I got an opportunity to see them live the first time I was at Riot Fest. Uh, and I have to credit my brother for a little bit of that influence too. My oldest brother was a huge AFI fan and he introduced me to that band at a pretty young age. He's got like all of their albums on LP. And uh, I, don't, I mean, I can't really say anything bad about AFI. I love their old stuff. I love their newer stuff. Uh, their newest, newest stuff, maybe not so much. I saw it live and it was okay live, but uh, I like the roller stuff for the most part. So that's definitely number one for me. Yeah, I admittedly haven't and listened I... to a lot of their more recent stuff. My first introduction to them was Guitar Hero. Miss Murder was on Guitar Hero. Yeah. That was my... That's, so it was funny to me because it's funny that you mentioned that because I was listening to AFI for, for quite a while before that song came out. And I remember when that came out and people were like, oh, this song's on the radio. It's so good, Miss Murder. And I was like, uh, that I think December Underground was the album that came out at the... And everyone was like, oh my God, this like new new album's cool. And I was like, oh, you posers. Like I've been listening to, you know. But yeah, like, but that was like their seventh like, oh. album. They've yeah, been around yeah. for so long. Yeah, I think in 91 maybe was when they started playing music. Yeah, I think 91. Nice. Good call. Um, and then after that, if I kind of have to uh, go a little bit in order here. Uh, not necessarily completely, but I have a huge list now, so I'm gonna have to kind of slim this out a little bit. But the next one for me is a day to remember. Probably the most influential, like, uh, kind of got me really into the scene, if you will, bands of the time because I was in middle school, just like jamming a day to remember with all my friends, and they had like their couple huge hit songs that everybody was playing constantly amongst my friend group. You know, depends just on what album. A you're universal about. band. That so a day to remember is my is if I had to be objective about it, they're my favorite or second favorite band of all time my brain though for whatever reason i'm looking at their like their discography now and they're very clearly like what i would consider a 2000s band and if i were to redo my list now they'd be number one um yep they're the by far the most influential band in my entire life i'm going to get some of their lyrics tattooed on me when i get tattoos here in the next few weeks (laughs) after i decided today i want a bunch more tattoos tattoos um (laughs) but like my brain for whatever reason doesn't click for them being a 2000s band maybe it's because i listened to them so much in high school and my high school was mostly like the early 2010s but like a day to remember is by far my favorite like them and um another scene band called bless the fall are probably my two favorite bands of all time and a day to remember they like they literally have done so much good music even their new stuff like they're a band that i never get tired of listening to yeah i again too i kind of transitioned out of the genre for quite a significant amount of time but if i go back now that's one of the bands that's like my go-to stills back into the genre i'll pull them up and listen to them uh, which is a good segue into my next one uh, on the list too, which is Hawthorne Heights. Yes. So a little bit more like screamo. Yeah, they're more. They're definitely more on like rock. the emo side of things. Yeah, but you know, at the time I was a part of that scene, and I loved that 
Oh, I'd have to look at the exact album. It's the only one that I ever owned on an actual CD. Uh, but is I it the one? Is it the one with um, Ohio's for Lovers and? Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. What is the name of that album? I'm blanking. I'll know it when I see the cover if, art of it. If only you were lonely. Is that the name of the album? Yes. That, yep. That's it. Nope. Yep. That's, I don't. 100%. 2006 album. If we're gonna, yep. That's not the one with those songs on it though. That's the album with saying sure? sorry. Goodbye makes you feel like saying sorry. Ohio's for lovers think... and uh, the silence in black and white. Okay. That's the one that had Nikki so FM. I... That's the one that had Ohio's for lovers. That had Silver Bullet. I'm wrong then because I loved the silence both both of those albums are phenomenal. Both both of those albums are phenomenal albums. Great albums. Casey dying, RIP, um, and like not being a part of that band anymore, like really changed their sound. I think, but even so, I like, heard. They're still making music, yeah. right? I heard something come up on maybe even the radio recently from them, and I was like, oh, this is them? Holy crap. Um, but yeah, another great band to throw on the list there. And I will quickly go to my next uh, in the top five here. So I've given you AFI, A Day to Remember, Hawthorne Heights, and I'll follow that up closely with Against Me. Uh, and I honestly, they should really be closer to the top of my list because this is definitely, definitely one of my now. I reach back and listen to it the most. But the reason I don't put it higher on my list is because I it was one of my later introductions. So I didn't hear Against Me for the first time until not my oldest, but my middle brother. Uh, he introduced me to the band, and then I saw them live at Riot Fest, and I've seen them now live three times. I've gone out of my way three times, which is probably indicative of the fact that they should be higher on my list. But I absolutely love that freaking band, and it is 100% one of my – I go to this if I'm going to go listen to that genre of music. I... And then the last one that I'll mention quickly just because – it is commonplace and everybody really likes this band is rise against i love rise against it's it's one of my favorites from the from the genre yeah so against me is a band that i i i have an against me shirt because my uncle so i'm sure i could do a whole episode on my uncle but he's super heavy in the touring band scene he's was a was or is a stage manager at the house of blues in dallas he's been the tour manager for a bunch of bands he gave me like when i started like in the i think it was my freshman year of high school when i still really started like getting into heavier music um, and music that was more out there, I'll say, like more alternative music. Against Me was one of the first shirts, like band shirts that he ever gave me because one of the bands that he was working with did tour with them. And he does, while he's like also a tour manager, he does like the merch stuff too. Um, I haven't admittedly given them the same time of day that I should, um, but they're they're a phenomenal band. Also Rise Against, I think they're a classic. Like they're somebody yep. who's out there um as i've kind of, i think pretty much anybody that's ever been into the eternal alternative genre has enjoyed rise exactly. against i feel like most people don't have bad things to say about exactly. rise against those yeah no for sure um and then so like as i'm looking at the bands like finishing off my list like obviously a day to remember should have been my number one my brain didn't click them as a tw- like a 2000s band but for whatever reason yep. they're by far every single album i own every single album that they have i will continue to buy every piece of every you know, piece of music that they put out. They have changed my life and the song, I still listen to their songs to this day. I forced my wife to listen to their music. I sing along, I scream along to their entire albums. And I, I you know, the, um, what's the name? I'm blanking on the name of the album. I'm a horrible fan. Uh, the- While you're looking that up, I'm going to throw the shout out to, to Carly because we were in the car one time and I put on some Hawthorne Heights, throwing it back. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to listen to this. It's been a while. And all of a sudden she starts fucking, just scream belting out like the screamo parts of the song. I just like looked at her. I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm so I glad I had I'm no married. clue that you'd ever listen to this ever because 
Uh, now her her music taste has changed considerably, I'm sure, since then. But she still enjoys going back and like the throwbacks there with me too. But it was just so wild because I never would have pegged her as the person that would listen to that. <laughs> and she just starts screaming every lyric. But hilarious. with so with Homesick, the Homesick album, which is yep. by far the best the Newer. best cover art on any album of all time, came out in 2009. I can sing every word of every single one of those songs in key. Not maybe not in key. My pitch control isn't great, um, but like in tune, like in line with like I can go word for word with that whole. I'm made of wax, Larry. I'm made of wax, Larry. What are you made Which, of? Which, if you didn't fantastic know, is a, the music video is fantastic. I know they're just playing kickball, video. but it's amazing. But yep. that's a quote from uh, Night at the Museum. If you didn't know that, that's when they they made the song based on that that quote. They, I mean, they wrote the song, but the title of the song is a quote from the movie um robin i think it's robin that. robin williams is theodore roosevelt looks at him and goes i made of wax larry what are you made of and that's and they made that the the quote of the song but literally that whole album i can go front to back if redoing my list over they're my number one but the two bands that i want to mention before we wrap up here um my chemical romance by far by far i if i'm ever having like a bad day and i'm driving in my car Helena comes on and I scream that song at the top of my lungs. I love that song so much, but just overall, like you and I were talking about it last week. Like when my chem comes on at riot fest this year, I will lose. I might cry. You might see me crying in the crowd. Like they are. I'll get pictures for everybody in the crowd. You know what? Or for most of us, most of my friends have already seen it. So it's fine. Um, they're by far up there just the, just what they've done in the music scene i'm so glad that they're coming back like they continue to make good music until they stop making music and that was obviously like they grew up they wanted to pursue different interests like gerard way was like illustrating comic books like obviously he's got like a lot of talent he's doing a lot of different things with his life um but just what they've done like every single one of their albums like from front to back is an amazing piece of work and you know it's something that you you definitely should listen to if you haven't already and then my, I guess at this point, they're my honorable mention, but Taking Back yep. Sunday, the, yep. their old stuff, their new stuff we talked about. Again, we talked about it last week, their new stuff we haven't gotten as into, but like the songs that made them popular, Cute Without the E, Cut From the Team, Make Damn Short, like yep. these songs are iconic yep. within the alternative yep. music genre. 100%. Like they Agreed. set this band apart from so many other bands. Like as I'm scrolling through this list that I decided to pull up, um, like yeah. there's there's some very good honorable mentions. Newfound Glory, one of the best pop punk bands of all time. Paramore continuously put out puts out really great music year after year. I'll, let me uh, let me read the rest of my honorable mentions that I've written down. And we'll see if they match anything on your list too. I won't double ta- uh, double down on any of the ones that you've already talked about. So I'll throw out Avenged Sevenfold, mm-hmm. Good Charlotte, yep. Fallout Boy, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Shine Down and Asking Alexandria are the ones that I all wrote down as all my from memory. So uh, asking, I think, was a little bit later in the 2010, the 2000. So my brain counts them as like a 2010 band. But I really like a lot of the earlier stuff. I don't like their new stuff as much, but I liked them when they were like the cliche metalcore band. Um, a couple other bands that I really want to throw out there real quick. Um, 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, Jarrett Leto, obviously, he's had, you know, some uh, issues in his life um he's gone through but he you know as a as a musician he put out phenomenal music um some other asking alexandria by the way 2006 so but when did when did their first album come out 
It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that year. Two thousand six. Was it? There's no way. I was in a high. Stand up. Okay. I was gonna say stand up and screen came out in two thousand nine. So so yep. like so they're yeah, at the yeah, end there. So obviously they count, but like I was looking. So sure. obviously I was looking at bands that like more of their body of work came out in that year. Um, Bullet yeah, Bullets for My Valentine. One of the again yep. one of the first bands that really got me into the heavy genre there. Um, Papa Roach classic some of the most like more classic like emo songs last resort everybody knows that song yep uh, yeah i saw pop Roach. some 41 i was listening to them last week i made jess listen to him in the yep. car yeah. um yep it, yeah that's pretty iconic of the generation too but if i look at the rest of that list like system of a down they were really good i never listened to a ton of their music um Limp green Biscuit, and we already kind of mentioned them too but yeah green was, day i corn green day was good but i never i never got into their music like that Dude, I have been a kind of the anti Green Day forever. Like, I just I get it, and I get why people enjoy it. It's just never been my thing. Yeah, I like it. Oh, um, CKY, dude. I Throw, shout out to Bam Margera and the boys. I've maybe listened to like two CKY songs in my life. I oh my god, I never I to, got my into brother, it. My oldest brother got me into CKY. Slipknot. That's probably on a lot of people's list from that era. That era. For the Iowa boys. Yeah, facts. shout out worst one of the worst whiskeys i've ever tasted in my life by the way was the whiskey that they released it was not good <laughs> all right everybody this is a good time for us to kind of close out too so thanks for coming back and listening in to two average husbands it's been awesome talking to you guys uh this is kind of the the way that we're going to try to push forward with this podcast is bringing you guys at least two topics from each person per week uh, as Jake mentioned earlier too well, we might do some episodes where we just have a, a conversation uh, about a story or something that's uh, that we're both involved in or, or whatever, do some storytelling. And then we're going to try to get some uh, guests on here as well as we start moving forward into the podcast, as well as we're going to talk about it a million times before we finally show it to you guys. Uh, but doing the drinking game too live with everybody will be a lot of fun too. Yeah. I appreciate everybody who takes the time out of their day to listen to us and our rambling. And, you know, it really means a lot. Obviously we started this podcast as two friends who just want an excuse to have a couple beers on a Thursday night and just enjoy each other's company and just, you know, we, we obviously have really good conversations. We could continue on this podcast for two more hours and not even really blink twice at it as we evidence. It's going to be the toughest thing for us to cut ourselves off at the hour and a half limit, but we know that's only going to be like the maximum interest level of the audience for we, sure. We so. almost should just like record two podcasts at the same time. Like we'll record it. We really could just back All right, to back. So, yeah. uh, so then release some. So the, so the next podcast that you see was probably recorded right after this one. <laughs> but no, we really do appreciate anybody who takes the time out of your day to listen to us. As always, like if you can share the podcast around with your friends, just to, you know, we obviously want, you know, community involvement. Eventually we want to have top, we want to have discussions about the topics you guys want to hear about. So check us out on Twitter. We are going to eliminate our lists. Yeah. We are not going to have tough. We're going to run out of content and we're going to have to rely on the people for some additional content out there. So we're going to continue on. Um, thank you guys again for all checking us out. You can follow us on Twitter to capital A lowercase VG capital H husbands. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the same handle. Our YouTube channel is the words fully spelled out to average husbands. Um, we're, we're live on a different channel right now, but it'll be all posted back on that channel. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on RSS, um, the podcasting website that's out there. You'll probably see us on additional websites um, and streaming platforms in the future. But I just want to wrap up real quick. Thank you guys all again. Kyle, take it away. 6.0 for my beer, by the way. I forgot to throw it out. 
thanks again. Check us out on social media. Throw us out there with a like or a, you know, a repost or retweet or whatever on, on the social media platforms. And we'll appreciate the community involvement, like Jake already said. Thanks for coming. It was fun hanging out with you guys.